right. Welcome to episode 22 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. If you aren't ready to hear the Wicker Man right now... Then you need to listen to Rock in Rio again. Okay. Today's episode is a continuation of my Iron Maiden talk, a fan's peace of mind. With Melissa in Boston. This week we have more good Iron Maiden and Iron Maiden related discussion. It's always a blast to talk to another fan that loves music like you do. And Melissa loves Iron Maiden probably more than anyone I've ever met. Now, before I get into it, I must let you know that when you are hearing this, I am on vacation, so this was recorded and set up to be released before my Kiss Revenge Part 2 episode came out. So if you shared that episode or if you shared this episode, which I hope you do, I will thank you in a few weeks when I'm back from vacation. And I will tell you all about it when I'm back. But either way, you will still get some fun stuff to listen to. So let the madness begin. All right, if you listened to my Maiden episode a couple of weeks ago, you heard me talk with Melissa in Boston, giving her peace of mind on a lot of things Maiden that she's went through all these years. I've got her back on the phone, and we're going to do a part two where we left off. So, Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. All right. That's awesome. All right. Um. Last time we were talking and I had to get off the phone because uh, I had a member of my family requesting me to get off the phone. (laughs) So, so we'll pick up right where we left off. Actually, actually the first question is not something I had before, but I thought, why didn't I ask this question? And you haven't mentioned it. So how many, if any members of Iron Maiden past or present, have you ever met? None. Well, you've met one. No, I think that we, we actually talked about this because I've gone out of my way not to meet them. But you met Blaze. Oh, well, I met Blaze, yeah. But yeah, I don't he's think a, he's, he's a former. former. I, mean, I he's guess present. he is. He is a former. You're right. You are right. <laughs> I did meet Blaze. He caught me on that. But I mean, I never, I never like, I'm kind of like scared to meet Steve. I don't, I don't know. You know that whole adage about don't. Don't meet your idols kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've met other people that have been nice, but I don't know. You know, I've just kind of, I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say I got out of my way, but I haven't got out of my way to meet them, so. Okay. But I did meet, I you're have, right, I did meet Blaze. <laughs> yeah, I have heard people, I've heard a lot of people say that that Steve is really, really cool to meet because he's very um, reserved and, and, and quiet. Yeah. And then I've heard. Very, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people with, because of, let's see, Bruce, because of his, he's kind of um, asinine, kind of, uh, uh, what would be, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like very like, sarcastic. And he he almost seems 
and I hate to say it like this because he's got probably reason to feel this way, but kind of full of himself or just to a, maybe not even that, maybe just, he's just not as interested in meeting the fans. Maybe. I don't know. I've heard mixed, mixed feelings about that. I've heard that he's, he's pretty cool. He's just, I mean, somebody was telling me that like, he doesn't like it when people fan out and get all weird. You know what I mean? But he's pretty cool. If you're just like, Hey, what's up? How are you? You know, nice to meet you, whatever, you know, but if you're like, ah, you know, then he just, he doesn't really like that very much. I, I have a friend and he said, well, I say a friend, it's a guy that I know on Facebook who used to be in Bruce's solo band between the time he was in Iron Maiden. And he just said, if you really want to, you know, cause some guy had wrote a thing and he said, you know, I, I was at a restaurant one time and I saw Bruce in the same restaurant. It was in England somewhere. And he, he said he thought he was writing down stuff, like probably for his book. And he said, you know, we were there for a while. And he said, I finally worked up the courage to uh, go up and say something to him. And he said, I walked up and I said, hey, Bruce, man, I've, I'm just, I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. It's, I've, I've loved Iron Maiden for a long time. And he was like, well, that's great. That's great for you or something like that. He said, he said, it just, he said, he just kind of shot me down. And, and the, the guy had said something. He said, if you ever want to get Bruce, walk up and ask him, what's the difference between a, a, you know, certain kinds of airplanes or something. So Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to have a, like a conversation with him, but not like fan out, you know, that he doesn't seem to like that too much. That's, that's what some people, some people have said to me as well. I mean, everybody always says the best person is to meet is Nico because he's just, you know, or Nico. Oh, yeah. He's larger than life. He's let me ask you a question here. I just I, this is not something I had in here, but and this is uh, further, a lot further down in the uh, where in the questions we're about to go into. But what did you think of? And, and let me preface this when I say ask you, I'm going to ask you the question and then tell you something. Um, I want to ask you, what was your thoughts when you read Bruce's book? Now, I, I saw a discussion about this recently on that web page that I'm on with some, some Iron Maiden people. And it was mixed because nobody wanted um, Motley Crue, the dirt. I've never read it, but I've, you know, obviously heard about it. Nobody wanted that from Bruce, but I think, and, and I definitely fall into this camp. A lot of people wanted a lot more, not necessarily dirt on Iron Maiden, but you want stories of how they recorded albums and Hey, you got into the, band on in 1981 you know talk about you know you want to hear a lot about the recording of number of the beast and the recording of you know just different things about it just writing songs anything and he seemed very very vague on a lot of that stuff and i remember feeling pretty disappointed about some of that but also it was really cool to hear you know his life story as far as you know growing up and and uh you know going through dealing with the cancer and everything that was that stuff was cool to read too but i think that um I was glad that there wasn't like a lot of personal stuff in it because I don't really care about personal stuff. I mean, like lately he's been in the news for his personal life and I don't, yeah. it's not really, that's not really my scene. I don't really care about that. So I wasn't really, I didn't really need to hear about his sex life or his, you know, oh, yeah. married to, or, you know, anything like, I didn't really need to hear any of that stuff, but yeah, I mean, I guess he could have been a little bit more, um, uh, not like further, forthcoming a little, a little more a little, there could have been a little bit i wouldn't say that there, he could have been more detailed in what he said i think maybe um there was a lot of stuff that was more of an overview that yeah he could have gotten into a little bit more detail i thought the book was good um 
But yeah, I mean, I, I I see I see your point. I think he could have gotten a little bit more detailed about sort of how the sausage is made, type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you 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 talked you talked about uh how he doesn't like people to geek out on. And my thing is, he could have told a lot. He could have said a lot more in the book about. I mean, because me, I'm thinking if I meet Bruce Dickinson, I want to talk to him about Iron Maiden. I don't want to talk to him about airplanes because I don't know about airplanes. I don't want to talk to him about you know. Fancy. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I mean, unless you're talking about hurricane fencing that I've got in my backyard here, you know, <laughs> and I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I felt like, you know, like, and it seems even the bands, that's something they, they said. You think about the history of Iron Maiden. Okay, Dennis Stratton. Um, there's pictures on the Legacy of the Beast tour of Dennis Stratton backstage talking to Steve Harris. And it's like right. all of these different people, other than Paul Diano, all of these other people have been out of the band for whatever reasons. And everyone's, you've never heard anything. It's like they gave him a good, a sum of money and said, here you go. I mean, you've had, you had that little, that, that little problem with hallowed and you know, that, that, that um, there's been a couple of things that have cropped up, but no, for the right. most part, there's no, um, it isn't really anything. Um, too salacious going on. Um, oh, listen to this. Listen to this. The same guy, the same guy that I was talking about, he said, Iron Maiden were young guys in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same as, as these other bands, he said. And obviously, they they had the same kind of opportunities probably thrown their way, you know, with women and, and drinking and all that stuff. And he said, but it, it was just how they chose to control their image compared to, say, someone, you know, like Kiss or Motley Crue. And I think that that comes, you know, and I think that that says a lot about Steve's plan. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think that that was part of the plan that he didn't want it to be. He didn't want to just be a rock star. He wanted to be a, a musician and somebody that was was uh, appreciated for his his music and his songwriting and his bass playing and and his crafting of a band more than you know how many supermodels he's been with and all this other <laughs> and I love that I love that reminds me Iron Maiden reminds me a lot of Rush because okay. Rush is the same way you never heard you know what I mean you never really heard them being crazy and all, you know, foolishness going on backstage or whatever. And they were young guys too. And who, who, you know, had opportunities There's groupies everywhere, you know, there's drugs everywhere. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think maybe there's just a maturity level. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just different. I mean, you know, they, they've talked about the fact that they, they have been to the pub a few times. (laughs) They do like the pub, you know, and, (laughs) <laughs> and Nico's been sober now for a few years, and he, you know, he said that you know it was sort of becoming a little, maybe a little bit of an issue or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, I think that they're just they just seem to be more grounded, more mature, more responsible. Maybe I don't. I mean, I don't know what that where that comes from. You know, just. Well, I'll, I'll say I'll say this from a yeah work ethic for sure. I think, uh, and obviously, like you said, Steve was very driven. I mean, he has these you know, planned, he had plans from way back, which is really, it's really neat. And that's neat. why you, you see like that, that people like, he, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened with Dennis Stratton, but I think most of most of it, it seems like, was more like um, business differences. You know what I mean? Um, that it just, he just didn't fit the vision. Um, yeah, I, I so think know, what I, you know, we've heard that, you know, we've heard that Clive, you know, had some some issues, and obviously Paul as well, you know, had a little bit of, sure. you know, like to, you know, yeah. enjoy themselves, but. <laughs> You know, I mean, it just sort of seems like it almost seems like Steve doesn't take anything too personally. You know, it's sort of like this is business. It's nothing sure. like you as a human being or, you know, I wish you the best of luck and, you know, whatever. But, you know, this isn't this just isn't working out. It just you just it's you're just not the right person for the job. I do feel like that. I do feel like that's a lot true because. There's, um, <clears throat> I was listening to, okay, you know, Talking Maiden, they're winding down. And, and yep. so the first episode they did about their reflections of the beast, I listened to it. And so it, it made me want to go back and listen to their, they have like, I think it's five episodes that are from basically Steve Harris getting his first bass to Iron Maiden recording. And, and he, t- he talks about a lot of these, there's one guy that, um, I think it was Dennis Wilcock was the singer before Paul Diano, if I remember right. And he said that he decided to leave the band. And that it's funny because Dennis Wilcock is the guy who at one point fired Dave Murray. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, uh, just fight with him or something. And I don't know. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I think that they said that, um, that they hadn't weren't a hundred percent sure on that. But um it's funny because on my wall over here <laughs> I've got a calendar from three or four years ago, a maiden calendar, and I have I just have it up still on December and I can see it all the way across the room. It's Dave Murray playing guitar with a big smile on his face. And when I think about him fist punching somebody, it just makes me laugh. But yeah. um, no, but uh it, it and it talks about that and then it says that that guy went and he kind of had a band. I think he even took another member of the band with him, one of the guitar players. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, but no, but the thing I was gonna get to is he he did that. They went into a studio and they recorded something. And then he said, oh, yeah, he was talking to Steve later and he let Steve hear the recording. And I, and so when I hear that outside of, you know, other things that go along with that, I'm thinking, well, they were still friends. Even after he quit St- Steve's band right before a gig, Steve was just like, OK, moved on. So, yeah, yeah. Like, well, you know, if you don't feel like you can do it or you want to do it, then maybe you're not the guy for the for the job, you know, and maybe he wasn't right. the guy. And- and I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah, he appreciates that because he he wants the best. Maybe not at the time, not right before a gig, but. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. But, you know, it, it makes me think this, too, because uh, I, this is not going anywhere where I thought it was um, with with a with a Yannick. A lot of people I, I thought that the, the Yannick hate was kind of not there anymore. But, man, on some Facebook groups I'm on, I'll see people just mouthing off and going on about him. And I thought. Whenever, um, whenever Steve thinks that something's not right for the band, he takes care of it. And my thing is, I think I can't remember. It wasn't. It was whoever was the singer before Dennis Wilcock. It was. I want to say it was another guy named Paul. Right. But um, he said that he that the guy said later on. Well, Steve told me I need you to have a lot more energy with the audience and all that. And I think to myself. Yannick is is perfect for that because he's full. He's he's a ball of energy. Exactly. And, exactly. And I think that if if 
if Steve didn't need Yannick, Yannick wouldn't be in the band. If Steve exactly. Didn't, I don't mean need like need, but I mean need him like feel like he's useful, feel like he's participating, feels like he's making a contribution. If he didn't think that, the guy'd be gone, man. He's you know, oh, yeah, yes. he's around, you know. I, yeah, I, I definitely, and I definitely think he always wanted three guitar players too. So he's like, yeah, now I got my three guitar players. Yeah, there was a, there was a point. Uh, I know they talked about it on that on that um, history thing on the, but they did talk about when there was three guitar players. You know, they had two. Th- then he brought Dave in, and then those two guitar players got mad, and they both left. <laughs> but I guess you know, it's funny because if you go back and listen to in history. And Dave Murray does these guitar solos on on some of the really, really old recordings. And it's like, I guess, you know, I never experienced seeing a guitar solo other than in a song at a Maiden show. And you hear, I hear, you hear him playing. It's just like, wow. I guess I've always, you know, up until more modern recently, I was, always thought that Dave Murray was this kind of subdued guitar player that did what needed for Iron Maiden. And you listen to it back then and you're like, man, he could rip. He can. Yeah. No, he, he's awesome. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to try to get us back a little on track here. Okay, you met Blaze, and how long ago did you meet Blaze? How long? It was a few years ago? No, it's a couple of years ago. Was it so how? Where did we go? No, it was just last, I was last, it was May of 2019, so it was just last year. Okay. Because we, went, we so, went up to see him, and he was playing in New Hampshire, and my friend and I went up to New Hampshire to see him. So tell me this, two things. How did you think he sounded live, and then B, uh, well, B and C, what was how was he meeting him and did was there anything he said or anything that that like you remember really well or that just was kind of uh cool or was it just kind of a quick meet and greet kind of thing? Oh, he's um his voice is still amazing. It's still really really good live. Mm. Really I was like standing like right in front of him cuz cuz this is like a small bar room. Oh wow. You know, it's a wicked small stage and so you're just like you know, and, and this like dance floor or whatever it is, you know, that people are standing. I mean, you're right yeah. there. You were like right there. And um, so his voice was super strong. The one down thing I have with him. And if you have any if you have any of his live, like his live album or his live DVD, the only thing about him is he's a talker. He likes to talk a lot. <laughs> he's a good front man. And I kind of wish he would talk less and, you know, throw another song in there. <laughs> but, sure, but, um, sure. But there was no, like, the meet and greet thing. There was no, like, a line or, I mean, he was just there. And you just went up and just talked to him. And he, just, he was just, like, hanging around. He was standing there with, with Chris Apton. And I just went up and just, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And I told him that, because um, I said to him, I said, you know, I'm not really an autograph person. And I don't really, like, have my picture taken. But I have to have my picture taken because I told the guys from Talking Maiden that I would, oh, Talking Maiden, Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. I said, yes, that's them. That's funny. And, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And uh, and uh, he said, oh, yes, let's have a picture. And so, you know, let's, let's have, I think he said, let's have a snap, I think is how he, how he phrased it. I love hearing English terms. I love hearing different English terms. <laughs> and then, you know, he was just like, you know, we chatted for like a few minutes and, and I told him that I had seen him both times that he played with Maiden and oh that's you know he was he was really happy to hear that or whatever but there was other people waiting to talk to him so I didn't want to like because there was no line there wasn't anybody going you gotta stop right. talking to him right now but you know you know it's time to you know you don't want to be a jerk you don't yeah, you try to be res- try to be respectful or whatever yeah you know and um 
So, um, oh, I said, because I said to him, you know, I'm not an autograph person. I hope you're not offended. He goes, oh, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. <laughs> you know, so so he was just very, he was very, very nice to everybody. I was watching him. He was very, very nice to everybody. He was shaking people's hands and he was taking pictures and he was doing autographs and he was chatting with people and he was listening yeah. to people. Talk. He's just very, um, he's very appreciative. Like he was just like, oh, he I appreciate you coming because i told him that i came from boston you know which is only like an hour away it's not like i traveled yeah. for you know days but he was like oh that was so nice you know and I said, yeah my <laughs> and he's you know he's like i he goes i appreciate it you know and he did appreciate it he truly appreciated the fact yeah. that that we did this and he you know and he was like i was watching him with the club owner and he was like thanking him you know thank you so much for this opportunity it was, this has been great you know and and it was just, it was just cool, you know. That's so cool. It's so cool. I mean, because that really appreciates it. It really appreciates what yes. he has. It's, it's really cool to me because there's, there's so many people, and he, you think he's been at the top of the world. I mean, he was the singer in what I'm gonna say. You know, I mean, based on the fact that my podcast is, you know, has Iron Maiden in the name. He was in the best band in the world. So, I mean, and it's funny you, you hear him talk about his story. I've, I watched a lot of interviews with him, and he talks about how, you know, I'm not really a singer. I don't really know how to sing. I just, I've learned how to sing, and I worked hard at it because I wanted to be a singer. And and you think for someone, because he, he, he even, he talks about it. He says, I know I don't have the best voice, but He's he's learned to do the best with what he has, and and, and I love I, I like his voice. You know, I'm not saying he's got a b- bad voice, but I'm just saying, and it made me think about this guy. I'm thinking, um, I was just listening to a song uh, on the way home from eating. Um, it was uh, the song. It's on Silicon Messiah. It's called The Brave, oh, and it that's says, a "Great album." Oh God, I'm about to tell you something about that. Okay, so you know the the it says fortune favors the brave, risking it all again and again. I mean, fall after fall, they rise up again. And, and I think that that's got to be him because he even he admits that he didn't have that he wasn't a, a natural singer. I guess that's what he might have said, natural. And, right. But he worked at it. He worked at it and worked at it and ends up getting the Iron Maiden gig. I mean, well, the thing crazy. is that you can you can you can carry a tune, right? But it doesn't necessarily make you a singer. A voice, <laughs> your voice is an instrument you have to you know you have to work at it you have to right. you have to hone it you know and mm-hmm. and um and and he also learned how to and and i think he probably you know clipped some of this from bruce the whole sort of how you you take your words and you just it's maybe it's the inflection or just the the, the presentation i don't know how to explain it but you know it just sort of um almost like um opera you know because it's like they're singing but they're acting at the same time type of thing okay. you know what i'm trying to say yeah he's yeah. just you know like the song because so many of his songs are stories especially like infinite entanglement it's it's all a story right so you just feel like when he's singing the song he's part of the story it's almost like an opera it's almost like he's telling you this story you know and he's very he's you know he's, he's always got his hands I talk with my hands too, so. Um, yeah, I mean, well, every time you see a picture of him, he has that he has that one pose where he has his hand that certain way, that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so I, not that I, not that I was uh, 
ever a, a snob against Blaze's voice or anything, but I just, I had never listened to his music for a long time. This is embarrassing to say as a, as an Iron Maiden fan, really, because it's, I mean, I knew of him, but I just, you know, you just, I, maybe I'm more just, I just, I guess the older you get, it just seems like you don't listen to as much new music. You kind of just, you fall back more on the stuff you grew up with. Yeah, At least that's, that's what I'm noticing about myself. You but, can but, definitely, um, definitely get into that sort of rut, you know, which I, I try. Really I, hard. It, it, I do the same thing with, I try to listen to other stuff other than always listening to Iron Maiden, you know, that you can sort of get, cause there's enough material. You can sort of get down that rabbit hole too. And you don't want to yeah. do that. Well, I kind of, I mean, I'll listen to like, say a band like Alice in Chains. They were every, anytime they release a new album, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to wear it out. But I had never up until the last two or three months, I had never, and this is bad. I hate to say this, but, and especially bad about for what I'm going to follow up with it. I had never listened at all to any of his solo material, any of it at all. I had never, I just never heard it. I and just never know, heard. The thing about that know, is that it would you miss out, right? You missed out. Yeah. I, I had, I had never heard it. I didn't know anybody that listened to him. So, you know, if I would have had a friend that would have said, dude, you got, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I, I, I decided, you know, I, I, I was in, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to um, virtual 11 a lot. And I said, you know what? And it was all this pandemic thing going on. And ooh, I hate that word. I hate saying that, but, um, there's all that stuff going on. And I read someone talking about, you know, we need to support artists and, you know, that's, they rely on the touring and all that. And I thought, and I started thinking, I was listening to virtual 11 around that. And I said, you know what? I know blaze is a, uh, you know, he's not in iron maiden, so he's not, you know, pulling in the big bucks and all whatever. And I've read, and I've read about him and heard interviews and he's, he's a small operation and he does it himself. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go on his website and I'm going to order, uh, you know, I'm going to order, like I I ordered a, uh, a shirt for when he did his iron maiden tour recently, the, the one where he, and I said, I'm going to order that. I ordered some other things and I, and I ordered, I said, I'm going to order Silicon Messiah, his first solo album so I can listen to it. I've listened to it. I have an app that keeps up with what I listen to. And I've listened to that album uh, since I got it within the last 60 days. I've listened to it at least 28 times. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that album, I'm sitting here listening to it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been, that album is incredible. And I'm going to say this for anybody listening to my voice right now, if you've never, went out there and bothered to listen to Blaze Bailey solo material. And I got to follow up on this too. If you've never listened to Blaze Bailey's, just say Silicon Messiah. That's the only one I've heard so far. If you've never listened to that, it's like he went, it's like going, it's like being an Iron Maiden. He went to college for five years being an Iron Maiden. And it's like he graduated college as the, as the, what's the, what do they call it? As the valedictorian of the class. I mean, because his songwriting and the material on, and I'm going to say this even, his material on Silicon Messiah is probably better than anything that's on either Virtual yep. 11 or The X Factor. And, and, and let me add this. Just yesterday, I got a package in the mail, which was, after I listened to Silicon Messiah the first couple of times, I went and ordered, uh, I ordered all three of the Infinite Entanglement CDs, and I ordered, 
I don't know which one the other one's called. I think that the next one is it's the next album that came after Silicon Messiah, whatever it's called. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but I ordered four CDs. And I mean, when I ordered them, I was like, you know, and you can order it and get them to sign them and all that. And I'm looking at them like, I really don't need the signatures. I thought, hey, he gets an extra couple of bucks for everyone. So I I, I paid extra for him to sign all of them. And and my goal, I really want to, because this is, the, I think, the 20th, the 20 year anniversary of that Silicon Messiah. And I'm thinking to myself, with all this stuff going on with the evil virus that's threatening mankind out there, um, I would. I was like, man, I'd like to try to see if I could get him on the show because he seems very accessible too. So yes, yes, yeah. I, I I bet he would be on the show. I mean, he's he did the Talking Maiden podcast and he's done the Metal Voice and he's yeah he's I mean he's out there you know and I I, I think yeah. that I think that and he's actually talked about the fact that he has really really learned that he learned so much when he was in I Maiden so much about songwriting so much about recording so much about touring so mm-hmm. much about stage show. You know, I mean, Wolfsbane was a good band, but they were, you know, they were, they were a good band, but they weren't Iron Maiden level, you know, and he, um, he really stepped up his game. He really did. And you're really going to enjoy Infinite Entanglement. It's really, really good. It's, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Opera is what it is. It's a story and it's really, really good. And I got the DVD. I did the same thing. I went on his, I mean, I own some of the stuff already, but I went and got, like I got, um, the DVD, the Czech from Czech Republic, and I got uh-huh. um, the live the live album that just came out, and I did the same thing. I got I got it signed, which you know I just told you I don't care about signatures, but I did. Yeah. Um, I had a shirt already that I had bought when I saw him. Um, I bought something else. I don't remember what I bought, but um, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I I um I I try to try to do that with a few of smaller bands, you know, to help them out, you know, like Night Demon, I did the same thing for them. I bought a bunch of stuff on their site yeah. as well. Um, cause it's, it is important. It is important to help them out in this, this crazy time. But I really think you're going to really like that. The only, like, the only thing that I have to say negative about it is he does talk a little bit more than he, I'd like to hear him talk. <laughs> like, well, you know, know I, I saw, I watched, watched a lot. lot. He talks very positive. You know, he always talks about, Oh Yes believe in yourself and people tell you you can't have your dreams and you can and you could do anything in this world and it's very positive proof. but it is kind of like all right <laughs> well i will say like i watched a um i watched a live just one song of that was off of silicon messiah because i've decided i don't want to buy his live albums until I'm familiar with the material because i want to i don't want it to be like when i got into iron maiden on live after death i want to hear the songs the way they were made first. And, you know, I, it's, it's, I'm years, I'm, years, I'm, so, I'm so many years behind it. it. What, who, it, what does it matter? So mm-hmm. I'm going to listen, I'm going to listen to, um, the albums and then I'll buy the live stuff. And, and, and at this point, I don't, I don't want to feel like he's a, like someone's a charity case when I buy, I, I wouldn't go on his website. And that's why when I first did, I was like, okay, I'll order the, the X factor 20 year Iron Maiden shirt and I'll order his first CD and I'll listen to it and see what I think. And, <laughs> And, no, he's definitely not a charity case, you know. Yeah, and I don't want to. That's why I say I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking about. Like, well, I just want to support him because he's a. But he's a small musician. He does it small time, but it, but it rules, man. I mean, I'm telling you that I couldn't. I, I'm still blown away every time I'm listening to that album. I'm just like, I can't believe that I wouldn't that I didn't check this out, you know, all these years ago. But like when you listen to uh, Talking Maiden and they talk about how he kind of got the shaft a little bit from. 
uh, sanctuary management, you know, because he was still managed by them. Right. When he, right. he he recorded his album. And, and can you imagine if they would have just thrown that out there and, and Maiden fans would have heard that and they would have thought, what was wrong with Iron Maiden, you know? <laughs> right. But, right. you know, because he came out with such a great album. Oh, I mean, and I'll say this too. The more I listen to it, the more, and, and I think I've heard him say that that's not like a full concept album. But I mean, when I listen to it, I think every song, I think it's such a great, great story. I mean, and, and the wording that he uses, the the phrases that he uses, he doesn't like, he just, he's well, he sounds well, he sounds like he's well educated in, right, in the right. lyrics he uses too. And I mean, I'm telling you, and again, if, if anyone out there has not heard Silicon Messiah by Blaze Bailey, either go to his website and buy it or at least go stream it and listen to it. And do it on Spotify or something. Yeah. And as long as you have an open mind, you, as long as you're not one of these people that's just like, oh, Blaze was terrible and he's got a horrible voice. And, you know, because if you compare anybody to Bruce Dickinson, you're pretty much going to have that same, you know, sentiment probably. But if you're, if, as long as you're open minded and think, you know, hey, Blaze sounds decent, you're going to love it. I mean, and plus, he wrote all the stuff for him. Right. And he sings his own material. Oh, gosh. And so it's all written for his voice. You know, we talked yes. about this. I think we talked about this before about the fact that you know we struggled a little bit singing some of the stuff that's written for Bruce, you know, and he's writing for his own voice and his own his own presentation. Yes. You know, it's his words, it's his feelings, and it definitely comes through. It definitely comes through. Oh gosh, it is. I I mean, for and anyone that sings, band is really good too. Absolva, yes. which is their own, which is a yeah. band within themselves. Yeah, he included a flyer with of those. But I can't stress enough to you, to anybody, I feel like I owe Blaze an apology for not listening. I owe myself an apology for not listening to all this. I'm listening to this album. I'm just like, it's, it's, I think there's 10 songs. And I mean, there's not a bad track on the out. I mean, it is, it is, it is a hundred percent killer. I mean, it is awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm just, every time it, you know, when it, when I turn the album on in that first, you know, the drums and the bass and the guitar all come in at the beginning on uh, on the of the first song. And it's just, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is awesome. Steve, did you just download it? Did you buy the MP? Oh, I, I know. I bought the, I bought the, uh, I bought the CD. I bought the CD. So I bought the original one. I think he's got another one that has some extra songs. Yeah. And I didn't buy that one. I, I should have bought that one, but I just, I thought, you know, I want to hear it the way it came out in 2000. So, but I'm planning on, as I go, I'm just going to, I'm going to plan on buying it every possible thing. Cause he's got some albums that he has that aren't available from his website. So. And he has that acoustic album too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to, I'm working my way toward that too, but I felt like I wanted to hear, you know, after I heard Silicon Messiah, I wanted to hear that. I wanted to hear anything moving forward. But then I thought I've, I've heard him talk about the infinite entanglement so much. Cause I follow, I have followed him for years on like Facebook and stuff. And I've always seen him talk about it and I just never have went out and bought it. And so I was like, now after hearing Silicon Messiah, I'm really excited <laughs> to hear these albums. Oh, like I said, they just got here yesterday. How you feel about it. Oh, I will. I'll definitely will. So, okay. So we're going to move on from blaze. Cause uh, we're, we're in the, we're going to move to um, the present form of iron maiden. So, uh, I think you've probably, I think we might've dis- I know we've discussed this at some point, but what were your thoughts when you heard Adrian and Bruce were coming back? Well, I was very excited about that. And, you know, when you, 
I think we talked about this before, but when you, well, you went to the tour. So, I mean, the, that's the first person you see, right? Because they open with Wicker Man. It's been so long. I don't even remember. I honestly don't. That's okay. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to. Con- I will never forget that. I will never forget. There is Adrian and Wicker Man starts. With him playing guitar. Yeah. And it's just, it's him. You know, yeah. he's the only one out there. He's the first guy out there before everybody else comes out. And you're just like, yeah, he's back. He's back. He's back. I'll be honest. When I saw that tour, I hadn't really listened to Maiden in a while. And I went, it, it, I'm pretty sure it was the same everywhere. It was Queensryche, uh, Rob Halford's band, and then Maiden. Yep. And, you know, this is going to be, I told you earlier, that I was going to say something that would make you hang up on me. So this is what I was going to say. <laughs> I went to that tour. Now, I will say, we were in an amphitheater, the same amphitheater that I saw the Legacy of the Beast on. It was full. We were, but, but I was in the grass way up in the back. So I wasn't, I, I, in all honesty, I have zero recollection of Adrian coming on stage first. But I was, I think I was more excited at the time to see Rob Halford than I was to see Iron Maiden, you know, with Bruce back. Because I had went and seen Bruce and Adrian on the accident of birth. So I had seen him recently. I think that was in 97 or well, it might've been 98. I can't remember, but I saw that and I had been, you know, I had followed Rob Halford. Uh, you know, he left priest. He did, um, he did some, um, I, he, well, he yeah. did, there was, he did this. There's only one album by Rob Halford that I can't listen to. It's awful. It's horrible. It was, it was, I believe it was called two. Yeah. T- yeah. Too. It's horrible. There's one song on it that the very last song is kind of decent, but the rest of it, I, I couldn't, I listened to it once all the way through and I was like, this is horrible. I, I'm, and, and there's a reason that it's very different. It's, I don't, I mean, it's, it's not really my cup of tea either, but I don't oh, know that I it's horrible. It. It's just like way not, you know, but, it's not fight. It's not Halford. You know, it's we'll see because fight came out after that. And man, I'm telling you, I loved fight. The, the song, the, the song that opens the first fight album into the pit. Oh, my gosh, because he comes out and he's, you know, screaming like he did on painkiller. And I loved it. I saw him on that tour. I saw him on the second. That was War of Words. And the second album was um, what was the second album called? Uh, but it was different. It was the, the second album definitely had a little bit of a I hate to use the word grungy feel to it, but it kind of uh small deadly space. I think that was the second album. And so that was the second fight album. I saw, I I went, I had both albums. I saw both tours. And then I want to say, I don't, I I don't remember when he went back to priest. That was in 2000, but, but seeing him, cause he put out that album called uh, resurrection. And I remember here, cause he had, you know, just that album came out and I heard, I remember hearing that song. And I mean, it was like, that was the best thing that Judas Priest had not put out in a long time. So, but I remember he came out and he opened with that song Resurrection. And, and it starts off, if, if you're not familiar with the song, it starts off when he just comes out. He's like, Resurrection. And then the next one is like, it goes from low to like as high as his vocal range is. He screams out, Resurrection. And it's like, and then the music kicks in and it's just Oh man, it's just banging! It's awesome, but uh, yeah, I was I was a little more excited to see uh, Rob Halford at that point. So, but I mean, I liked Iron Maiden. You know, I mean, I stayed. It wasn't like I it wasn't like I left, but I just I just remember because there wasn't as many people there to see Halford, so it wasn't as it wasn't as full when Halford went on. And I mean, so I probably was able to see it and pay a little more attention better. But I don't know. I I hate sitting way out in the back for Iron Maiden. That's the only time I've ever sat that far back. 
I don't like sitting in the sitting in the lawn. Well, I will tell you that I saw that tour twice, and I actually went in saw it in Hartford, Connecticut, and it was Bruce's birthday. Oh, cool! Did they sing "Happy Birthday" to him or anything? Yep. Yep. So y'all got to, so you all saying that's cool. That's cool. Saying "Happy Birthday" to him. So okay, did did you have any thoughts? Um, I know we're um, we're getting to the tour already, but did you have thoughts when like did you think? Can I, I have to interject for just a second? Because yeah. another very important thing about that tour is that's the first time that you hear Bruce singing the Blaze songs like Klansman and Simon. Oh, sure. Sure. And that's, an, and I love, I love that they did that. Cause there's other bands that just won't do that. Like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody that like, like, okay, like Motley Crue. I'm not, I'm not a Motley Crue fan. I, 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 this is what I like of Motley Crue. I like shout at the devil. And I like the 1994 album that they did with John Karabi. That album is freaking awesome, but okay. Anthrax. That's who else I was thinking of, but Motley Crue does not play anything to my knowledge from that era. Of course, I wouldn't be there to see it anyway, because I don't like Motley Crue, but, um, and Anthrax, I think Anthrax has done only with with Joey Belladonna, so I shouldn't say they have. They have. Okay, okay but, but let me, okay. yeah, you, but you are right about Molly Crew. But but um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's interesting because some people were mad that they did it, and some people were happy that they did it. Some people took it as a slap in the face to Blaze, and some people said, "Oh, oh gosh, this just proves that Bruce was better because he could sing those songs better. It sounded better with him." And you know, it was a mixed bag, really. You know, but I'll tell you my thoughts. I think it proves that the material with Blaze was just as good. I mean, right. okay, it wasn't Bruce singing, but it proves that there was great material there. How about if I say it that way? Absolutely, I agree with that. I agree with that. They knew that those songs weren't weren't throwaway songs that you just pretend like they didn't. They didn't. Um, you know, that they didn't exist. You absolutely want to, you know, want to make sure. And now, I mean, and now all these years later, there are, sadly, there are people who have never heard Blaze's version of Sign of the Cross, but, um, you know, but now it's become sort of a staple, um, you know, in the, in the major show. I love it. So what did you think whenever, okay, so, because I, like I said, I was kind of, I wasn't out on Iron Maiden, but I was just kind of in a different place. What did you think when you heard? Okay, when you heard Adrian and Bruce were coming back, did you, at the same time did you hear that that Yannick was staying? I, no, so I was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens here. But then somebody had said somebody had said something like, yeah, well, um, they'll probably get rid of that guy now or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then when we and then when we saw them, they were all there, and I was like, well, he's there for now. We'll sort of see what happens. I wasn't really sure if he was going to stay. You know, I mean. Is he going to stay for this, this one album? Like, I wasn't sure if maybe he had a contract of some sort. Do you know maybe, what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe there was some sort of contractual thing. So <laughs> he had a lifetime contract. <laughs> or he was just going to, like, you know, he was already slated to do this tour or, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know if there was, if there was something like, you know, because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, we didn't. I mean, you don't know. You don't know if he's staying. But, you know, 20 years later, I guess he's staying. I thought it was really, I mean, looking back, I think it's very, very, on a couple of fronts, I think it's really cool because 
like you said, it shows that there's a reason that he's there, that he like Steve Harris would not have him there if he didn't provide something vital to that band. And and that means something other than him prancing around on stage. I mean, that he's (laughs) dancing and prancing. (laughs) I will say, but and and that I think it shows a lot of integrity too, because they, you don't need two lead singers. Oh, let me ask you this. I was thinking this earlier while I was, you know, I've listened to Silicon Messiah probably, like I said, so many times, but I, I mowed my yard today and I listened to it at least, I listened to it twice while I mowed. It took me that long. And then I was listening to it again when me and my wife went to eat, which I'm sure she appreciated. But I think it would be really cool, you know, whenever Maiden is doing, especially, I wish they would have done this on the legacy of the beast, the legacy Blaze is part of that legacy. I would have rather. I think it would have been I would so have cool. Loved cool. to see Blaze come out. I would love to see. I would love to see come out and do Blood Brothers with with Bruce. No, 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 no. I mean, let him let his band open the show. Quit bringing. I want. Here's another question. Have, that would be awesome. That would be really. That would. That's be what I think. think. Because then he can come out and perform. Even if he performs the songs that and Maiden performs some of the same ones, or maybe they just say, "Look." Just don't do the Klansman and just don't do Sign of the Cross. You can do anything else. But fans would really appreciate that, I think. And I know I would because, and plus it would give Blaze access to a huge audience that, that may not, there's, it's like with it's like with that would be super cool to to see to see him open that and show instead of and you know, know instead bring of bringing Steve's bands I mean Steve's kids bands who I'm not going to go out I mean his um the band that opened the legacy tour that uh, Steve's kids band they were good but I'm not interested I'm not going to go buy their album Ravens Age they were all right yeah they were I mean they they sounded good. we checked them out we checked them out once. And then we saw that mm-hmm. tour many, many times. I didn't need to go see it again. I didn't need to, you know, and I had already seen them because yeah. um, on Book of Souls, the first leg of Book of Souls that I saw that my, my friend didn't see that. So she wanted to see, you know, see them. So sure. You know, so I saw them. I've actually seen them a couple of times. And I actually saw his daughter Lauren's band as well. Yeah, they were a couple. Yeah. I mean, we, but but if it was Blaze that was opening those shows that you went to, you wouldn't have missed one of them. You wouldn't have missed the opening band. Oh no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. With but you. I I hope they. I wish they. I hope they'll do that on the next tour. So maybe we should start up. Maybe we should start. Some, uh, yeah, start with one of those. Uh, what do you call it when people are offended by stuff and they start uh, getting petitions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the on- <laughs> online petition. To- yeah. I think that would be a great idea, though, and and in a way, I think it would be great. But but oh, you know what? We were talking about this earlier. We didn't ever get to it. But with Paul Diano, it seems like they've never like Paul Diano left, and they've never. I've never seen any because Paul doesn't talk good about the band. He does in a way, but it seems like they've never really had like you've never seen Paul and and any of the guys in Maiden together. You know where where you've seen pictures of Bruce Dickinson with Blaze Bailey multiple times over the years, so. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think that was that was a completely amicable divorce. Yeah. Okay. So, what did you think? I, I said we were going to get away from Blaze, but my next question is a Blaze question. Um, okay. You know what? We've talked enough about Blaze because we, uh, we've. I think we've kind of addressed that anyway. Okay. So you didn't see. I know you already told me you didn't see the tour uh, before Brave New World when they uh, when they got back together there. Um, what would it, what did you think? I think they played. I don't think they played in the U.S. The Ed Hunter tour? They did. It did. Yeah. I've, I've, I've actually, you know what? I've got, I can edit this thing out. Let me pull the tour dates up real quick. Cause uh, I'm pretty sure they did. 
I'm pretty because I'm I think they I think they even played Dallas on that then you know of course I didn't see that either but let me look at the dates here uh, no I don't want the set list I want the dates uh, tour dates I love this website there's there's a really cool website if you've never seen it it's called IronMaidenCommentary.com and it looks like they haven't posted on it in a good while but yeah this tour started in Canada and they did a mul- they did a multiple dates through the United States. Um, I'm looking for Dallas and oh my gosh, they played, this is 99. They played, there's a small place in Dallas that they played. They played the, it's called the Bronco bowl. It's a small place. Oh my gosh. They played the iron maiden played the Bronco bowl. Wow. I know you don't know what the Bronco bowl is, but God, that's a small place. I would have loved to have, uh, loved to have seen that. Okay. I and wonder if I was. I have to look at that. I might have been in '99. I went. Um, I was in Europe, so I wonder if I was in Europe during that when that. Um, they played Europe September. Through... No, I think I was in Europe when they were here. Oh, okay. They only did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dates in Europe. On that, it looks like so. Well, I, but yeah, no, I, I was I was in Europe that summer. So. Wow, man! I cannot believe. And, and it says, "Oh, so, uh, there you go." I actually missed, so I missed one U.S. tour. I guess. Wow, wow, that's such a. And you call yourself an Iron Maiden fan? <laughs> oh god. Okay, so let's see here. Um, well, what did you think when you first heard "Brave New World"? I loved it. I loved it. I thought I thought it was, you know, what I thought it was reminiscent of, you know, going back to to like Seven Sun type of thing. You know, and it was, it was. You know, head and shoulders above fear and oh, you know, yeah. prayer. Yeah, it's me. So no I prayer, thought it was, yeah. I thought it sort of harkened back to to um, you know something like Seventh Son. Well, you think about it. It wasn't you know it didn't it didn't harken back to you know to to killers or something. It was sort of it sort of yeah. reminded more of you know that sort of somewhere in time Seventh Son. Provide. If you think about it, if you think about this, I just, I've never thought of it this way, but I just thought of it right now. Because No Prayer and Fear of the Dark were both, granted, I like both albums. They both have some good songs, even though, you know, I'm not, a, I always say that Fear of the Dark's the worst Iron Maiden album ever. I still like it. It's still got, I mean, it's got some great songs on it. But in a way, even though they didn't have Bruce, Iron Maiden got back to being Iron Maiden whenever blaze was in the band. Cause I mean, you get the next album and it's got the sign of the cross, a, a 10 or 11 minute Epic start, you know, which they didn't have anything like that on those prior two albums. And no, then, no, I, I agree with that. I agree that it, that, that, but I mean, if you're going to talk about iron maiden with Bruce and Adrian. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. They got back to being iron maiden. So when Bruce got back, they were primed and ready. Steve was primed and ready to write like that some more. You know, and, and like you said, it brought them back to the times of, I think, even Power Slave. So. Right. That whole, you know, that whole second half yeah. of the eighties. Okay. So let's see here. Um, you, I'm going to skip right here to Dance of Death. What did you think when you heard Dance of Death? Uh, the song or the album? <laughs> I don't love this song. Oh I don't my love God. this song, but I don't love, love, love this song. Um, okay. I mean, there's a lot of other, you know, great songs like Passchendaele and Monsignor and stuff like Okay, did you see the tour in between Brave New World and Dance of Death? I I saw, yep, 2003. 
Yes. Um, I saw that. I saw that tour twice in um, in Worcester, Massachusetts, and in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, they played know. Revelation. They played Revelations on that tour, which was I hadn't heard Revelation. My favorite, you know, it's my favorite. Yes. Um, okay. And the interesting thing about that that they played, which I could have done without, was they they played Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, which I could have done. <laughs> it was all right, oh. but. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm scrolling through the tour dates here just to see. Uh, the other thing oh, that I that what was the town you named? Worse, worse. How'd you say it? Worcester. That was the first. That was the first American date on that tour. Yep, and um and I and I went to Hartford, Connecticut. So you went to the first two. That was the first two, and you saw so Dio and Motorhead opened. <laughs> yep. Cool, cool. Not a bad show. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that. But in 2004, I went to New York and I saw I saw the the show at the Hammerstein Odeon. Oh, cool! Wait, wait, Hammerstein? That's that's in England, right? No, the New York has a that's um, Hammersmith. Okay, okay. Um. Oh yeah, I see it right here. I see it right here. Yeah. Um, One, two, three, four, five. They, they did four shows there. Okay, I, only, yeah. I, only, I only could go to one. Did you? Did you go on Yannick's birthday? They did. I did not. It says January twenty sixth. One of those shows was his birthday. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't there for that show. Um, but they played Lord of the Flies. Oh, cool. I was wrong. I said there was. I said there was. And they played Passchendaele. I believe. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! They, I said they played. I said they played four shows. It, it says the fourth. And I can't remember what they opened with. They opened with something. I want to say like wildest dreams or. Um, I I can have the set list right here. Hold on, I got this. Like I said, this website's awesome. It's got. It says uh, uh, yeah. It says they yeah they open. I think they open every tour with the first song on an album now. So yeah, it, here's this. Here's this. Here's a quick. I'll run the set list down really fast. Wildest Dreams, Wrath Child, Can I Play With Madness? I'm going to say maybe something controversial, but I can't stand here and Can I Play With Madness live. I hate the opening because it's acapella opening. I hate it. I just don't like I think it sounds terrible every time they do it. Anyway. <laughs> it's not my favorite my favorite yeah. song. Well, you know that because you saw in my dissertation that I call it the radio hit. <laughs> it's a good song. I like the song. It is. It's very radio friendly, but I just, I don't ever like, I don't ever want to hear it live. I just, when they play it live, I'm just always kind of like, uh, maybe this is a bathroom break time, but but I don't take bathroom breaks because I don't you know I make sure I'm not going nowhere. But okay, so they played Can I Play with Madness, The Trooper, Dance of Death, Rainmaker. God, I love Rainmaker is incredible. I love that one. Brave New World, Passchendaele, oh yeah, Lord of the Flies, No More Lies, Hallowed, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, Journeyman, The Number of the Beast, and Run to the Hills. So there you go. That's a pretty good set list. Okay, let's see here. Uh Let's go here. Uh, so you obviously thought Brave New World was better than Dance of Death, so I don't need to ask that. Um, okay, so you saw the Matter of Life and Death tour when they played the full album, correct? Yes. And what did you think about that? Well, I love when they wait, do wait, that. wait. Let me let me ask one other thing. Let me ask one other thing first. How familiar with you? How familiar with the album were you before that show as well? I try to be quite familiar because I know that that's what they're going to do. 
Mm-hmm. Because that's what they that's what they do. They do that on Book of Souls. They do I mean, that's what they do. They always play the play most of the album. So you should be familiar with it. Sure. I mean you're not as familiar with it as you are with, you know, Hallowed, but you're you know, you should be familiar <laughs> with it. You know what I mean? I, I can't say yeah. that I knew every word to, you know, the reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg, but <laughs> Yeah. Did you give it a thumbs up? Like, were you were you thinking this is so awesome? They're playing the whole album, or were you like, eh? I kind of want them to do that. I kind of like that. I kind of like when they when they do that. Yeah. I mean, why are you gonna do? Why, I mean, why are you gonna do an album if you're not gonna play it? You can go and listen to the Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, Power Slave, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, Aces High. You can go listen to those on Live After Death if you want to. <laughs> if you want to hear them live, that. or every other live album. Well, I was just going to say that, that if you've seen Maiden a bunch of times, right? I've seen them a lot of times. So, I I mean, how many times have I seen Number of the Beast? Because they mm-hmm. do it like every show. I can't think of a show that they didn't play it, right? And it's a great song, don't get me wrong. But how often are they play in Passchendaele, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How often they play in Reincarnation? So, I mean, the yeah. whole... It used to be, it used to be years ago that when people bought albums, right, that the whole idea about a tour was to sell the album. That was the whole point the tour was to sell the album. So bands went out on tour and they were playing their album because they're selling their album. That's the whole, that was the whole point of the tour. It's sort of backwards now. But that was the whole point. So I'm I'm an old person, and that's how I remember <laughs> from back in the day. And so that's that's what I that's what I want. I still want to hear is, you know some highlights. I still want to hear Hallowed. I still want to hear you know Revelations, and I still want to you know. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you it's funny that you said this um, because on the first leg of the of that tour, the the Matter of Life and Death tour, I think they call it a Matter of Touring, is how they list it here. Um, that's the only tour, to my knowledge, that first leg that they did not play Number of the Beast on because they played, they came out, they played the full album. And then these are the songs that they finished with Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, Two Minutes to Midnight, The Evil That Men Do, and Hallowed Be Thy Name. I tell you what, I would love to see that. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this um, A Matter of Life and Death, the album, we skipped the album. What did, how do you compare that to Brave New World or Dance of Death? If you were ranking those one, two, three, which one is one, two, three? Probably Brave New World, Matter of Life and Death, and Dance of Death. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, um, Brave New World, I think, because um, I love Wicker Man so much. And mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that's a good, I like that. I like that answer. I like the answer that you gave that you, you've seen them play all these songs. You want to hear them play. I love, and I feel that way too. I like, that's fun. Okay. But so that's the uh, same for every, every band, you know, that's, I I want to see that. I want to, I mean, it wasn't like, like even when I went to see blaze, right. I mean, I, you know, it was cool. He did a couple of Iron Maiden songs or whatever, but I was there to see him do his stuff. You yeah, know, a lot yeah. of people want to, you know, like, Oh, well, I hope that he goes and just plays, all Iron Maiden. Well, that's not what he's doing, man. He's got his own thing going on. He wants you to, you know, he's got to sell his own albums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, okay. 
So here's a question for you uh, regarding uh, traveling, because I know you've traveled for shows. What was the first tour that you traveled abroad to see a show outside of their, your area, like outside of within a few months? Like, how about out of the country? What's the first tour that you saw out of the country for Iron Maiden? Um, Brave New World. Probably no, no, because I didn't go. I didn't go out of out of the country for Brave New World. Actually, okay. it was um, it was Legacy because I saw them in in uh, well, Canada. Does, well, Canada is a foreign country, so I guess Canada does count. <laughs> you can kind of count Canada, yeah. Um, no, actually, I didn't. I didn't see them. Well, I saw them in Canada after I went to after I went to France. So I think it was France, yeah. So it was um, Legacy. Unlike okay. And you you live close enough to Canada. I don't know if I I can drive farther in Texas than it probably takes you to get to Canada. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I I was in um, Montreal and Quebec City last year, and it's like a it's like a an hour flight. It's a zip zip. And we also live. Oh. I mean, I also live close to Hartford, Connecticut. I've gone to tons of shows in Hartford. Um, I've gone to shows. I'm up in Portland, Maine. I've gone. I go to gone to shows in Rhode Island. Um, they don't play there yeah. as often as they used to. Um, I go to shows in New York a lot. Um, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause you're big. When I lived yeah, in yeah, Florida, you... it was a little bit harder. You went to a bunch of shows in Florida because they play like Florida shows, you know, they play. Yeah. yeah you, you live, live up, up in an area, area where there's, where there's a, a, a lot. I mean, well, well that, that was the area you live in was obviously, you know, the beginning of the United States started up there as far as, well, as, as we currently know it. So they, a lot of, a lot of big towns are up there. So, but okay so let me see they play like so you know they play tons of you know they play like tons of shows in new york and new jersey yeah i wish i lived somewhere where i guess like for me to go to houston houston's about a four-hour drive um san antonio is another place they play that's about a maybe be five hour no it's about a four and a half hour drive from here so i went to the san antonio show i remember yeah i remember you telling me that yeah you saw so that you saw the we were going to go to Dallas. We were going to go to Dallas and we ended up not going to Dallas because it was out. It was an amphitheater and I wanted to go. Um, yeah. I like seeing them. I prefer to see them in an arena because there's there's not really a standing room. You have to like sit. You know what I mean? There's right. Yes, I like I, I like seats. <laughs> so if you're on the floor, um, you really have to kind of go to a, an arena place so that's one of the yeah, that's I don't really, really why we went to san antonio the amph yeah the one i went to the amphitheater has a lot of seating we were i won't sit in. i won't go into like you know sometimes like they'll like metallica does that snake pit thing i would never want to get into that I, i'm like i want to be in a seat where i can sit down when this when a band's done or whatever but uh yeah see we we went to dallas and i believe the next show was san antonio and the next show i think or well i can't remember if they went san antonio dallas houston but houston no, they had already done Houston. They were San Antonio, and then they were going to Mexico. So, well, I think Houston was, I thought Houston was the last, oh, it must have been, yeah, San Antonio must have been the, I, I wanted to try so hard after seeing how, after going to that tour and seeing how awesome it was, I was just like, oh my gosh, I've got to figure out a way to get to another one of these shows. And, and of course, I figure it out, you know, when there's only two dates left in the United States, which sucked for me <laughs> but still i'm glad i got to see it i'm glad i got there's still people in europe that haven't got to actually right. see see the show in person so um let's see here so 
that was one of actually I that was a question that I had for you was um was um about do you you know do you travel to to go to shows because I travel to see a lot of different people not just Iron Maiden yeah I have never really got to travel I had um there's an old band well it's up from northeast maybe you ever you ever heard of the band Dirty Looks yeah eighties band they were. Uh, well, they were kind of like a, yeah, they were kind of eighties. Yeah. More like eighties, nineties. Yeah. Mid eighties, nineties. And, but, um, their lead singer died probably about 10 years ago or more. And I actually had tickets. I've never really traveled much to go see a band. So that's the answer to your question, but I did have tickets to go see. They were doing, um, the guitar player, the original guitar player for dirty looks. He's in a band now called dangerous toys. And oh, I know that band. Yeah, and they're local, so they they play kind of in the area. And I went. Um, they were anyway. They were going to do a reunion show of of Dirty Looks. They were going to get the original guitar player, bass player, and drummer on the first couple of albums, and they were going to do a show. And they were going to get the lead singer of Dangerous Toys to sing. And they were just going to do two shows. Um, one show was in uh, in Pennsylvania, and one show was in Baltimore. And I and I love that band. I mean, I'm not. I, I, you know, I just. I love that that band, and so I was like, I had a little bit of extra money, and I was like, man, I'm gonna fly to Balt. I'm because I was gonna have to fly into uh, uh, Baltimore, and I was gonna go to the show in Baltimore, and then the next night it was in. I want to see. I want to say it was Pel- Helen's Grove, Pennsylvania, or Pelens Grove. I can't remember the name of the town, but so I had tickets to go see both shows, and those shows were, I believe, the date on the show was March 20th. <laughs> so if you know anything that's happened in our country. <laughs> oh, that, that was this year? Oh, no. Yeah. It literally, they canceled the show two weeks before. So like, I want to say, so, you know, I think it was March 20th. It was March 20th or the March 27th. So it was, but I had, you know, I had, I had air, I had tickets to fly up there. I had a hotel room. I had a car rental. I had everything set up and I was just going to have a weekend by myself to go see this band. Cause I used to see them a lot when they were, they always just, you know, they never made it to the arenas. They always just did clubs. And I was right, like, yeah, I was like, they haven't done a show in forever, obviously, cause their singer was gone. And I was like, oh, this would be so awesome to actually get to see them. And, you know, and I've, I've met the guys from the, the, the guitar player. I had just met him a couple, like a month or two ago. And so, or before um, I say in, it was in February, a month or two ago, but uh, the last actual rock show. And, you know, oh, here's something that makes me really mad since I'll, I'm going to pull this back to Iron Maiden. Um, Oh gosh. Now the name is slipping my mind. Um, Steve Harris's other band that he did. Uh, what's, oh, British uh, Lion. British Lion was playing a show in Dallas at a small club the very next weekend after Dangerous Toys. And I knew that my wife would probably get a little upset with me if I was going to shows multiple weekends in a row. So I just, I didn't go to the British Lion show. And I could kick myself now, you know, because I've seen people posting all these pictures of getting to meet Steve Harris. And I'm just like, oh man, that's my one that would have. That's where you would go to, you'd meet him because we were going to go up to Canada. Yeah. To, to check them out because they they weren't really playing in the Boston area. They weren't coming. They were, yeah. they were New York, and then we were going to go up because we love going up to Canada. We were going to go do that, but we do the same thing. We go to we go to New York all the time, and we we um we like we went there to see King Diamond, and uh, yeah. we went to King Diamond there because King Diamond was playing in Massachusetts the same night that Slayer was playing in Massachusetts, and we already had tickets for Slayer, so we were like, oh well, we got to see King Diamond. We're going to have to go to New York to see him. So we went to New York. 
we saw King Diamond and then we took the bus to Springfield and we met our friend came and picked, came to the show as well from Boston. It's like an hour away from us, hour, an hour and a half. And then we saw the show there and then we came back home. So it was oh, a, man. we did like, like uh, a, we go to, we go to tons of shows. And the thing is, is that before I met my friend, I was going to shows by myself. Yeah. And I mean, traveling to see shows by myself. And I went, when I went to see Legacy, the first time that I saw Legacy of the Beast um, was in Chicago. Uh-huh. And I, um, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't actually afford a hotel room. So I flew in. I took mm-hmm. a cab to the venue. I saw the show. I took a cab back. I hung out at this bar till 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> airport. And then I went to the airport and got on a flight at 5.30 in the morning. And I came home. Oh wow! Oh, it's funny that you mentioned King Diamond though, because I do have I, I will I do have one kind of funny story. Um, there was a point in the late. He, he lives in your neighborhood, right? He, he lives <laughs> not in my exact neighborhood, but yeah, he lives in Dallas. So he, um, I'm trying to think how this is 1988. I do remember it was October 1st, 1988. He played a little theater in Dallas, and and. Right around the time that I think I'm trying to think of this is around the time that he did the Geraldo show or whatever, where he went on there and he was talking about, you know, what people were real freaked out by him because he they said, oh, he's a devil worshiper or whatever and whatever. And it was just I don't think I think it was the next tour that that happened. But anyway, I go see him and I want to say this is the tour for the album. I'm trying to think of how those albums go. I want to say it was the tour for them. But you know what? I don't I think I think it wasn't that. I'm sorry, it wasn't them. It was it had to be conspiracy because at the end of the conspiracy album, I think that he got, you know, they put him in a coffin and burned him up or something like that. But anyway, so we went and saw he was doing two nights in a row. I can't remember which tour. I'm just I it's been so long. So anyway, at the end of the first night we go to this tour, at the at the end of the show on stage, they put him in a coffin and they light the coffin on fire, you know, whatever. And um that's how the show ends. Well, the next night we went to the show and it gets, you know, it gets closer to the end of the show. And, you know, he, he comes out and he says, he says, last night we did this. And I was, you know, he said, we got, we got a a reprimand or whatever from the, from the city. We were not allowed to light fires in these buildings or whatever. He says, I I wanted to come out here and die for you people. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, he wasn't able to do that. And so we got to see a a unique show on that tour. I don't remember how it ended or what they, I know they just played it out or whatever, but uh, uh, it was, it was a, it was kind of a funny thing. That's, it's been, I don't think I've, yeah. And I've, I've seen him. um, I don't know if I've seen him around, but I know, you know, it's known that he lives around here and all that good stuff. So, but um, I tell you what, we're, um, we're about uh, 70 minutes into this right now. <laughs> so I, it I looks just, like I could talk all night long. Oh, me too. Me too. So uh, I have, uh, we'll have to go ahead and schedule uh, a part three, do another, a, another one, which is perfectly fine. I love talking maiden. It's, it's fun. Um, my wife, when she'll talk about it, she'll go, cause I'm upstairs in our house and she'll go, Oh, She'll be telling people, you ought to hear him up there. It's just like he goes on and on and on and on. And I'm just like, I love talking music, man. It's just, but uh, anyway, I want to say. Um, questions I, for you, and I didn't even get to ask them. Hey, we'll, we'll, you'll have to get to the, you get to those on part three. That'll be part three. Or that'll be part of part three. Because I still, because we're, we're, we stopped at, um, 
at the matter of life and death uh, tour. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue from there and I, and I'm sure I'll have some more questions and you'll have questions too. So, um, I do appreciate you taking the time again because, uh, I know, I know, you know, you have a job. We, we have jobs, we have lives and we take time out of them to, uh, do these things. So but I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me again. I love talking to you on the phone. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. I love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you Thank very you. much. Uh huh. All right. Well, once again, I'd like to thank Melissa for taking the time to talk Iron Maiden with me, and I hope that you've all enjoyed this. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me on Twitter, Facebook, or by email at ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com. The episode you will hear next week will also be recorded before I leave for vacation, so stay tuned for that too. I may pop up on Twitter occasionally as well. So either way, on behalf of Melissa, myself, Eddie, Iron Maiden, and the boys, good night. Seven deadly sins, seven ways to win, seven holy paths to hell. (laughs) Seven downward slopes, seven bloodied hopes, seven are your burning fires. Seven your desires